You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. And I want to talk about our relationship with Jesus. It's my favorite topic and I believe it's, it's the most important thing in our Christian walk with God. Most of the people that come and get saved in our church are not people who are new to faith. There are people who have lost their faith. People who have become, we call them post-Christians. Even our country has become post-Christian. A lot of people went to church as children. They went to youth group as teenagers and then they went to college. And then, you know, things happen in life. Challenges that happen. I corrected my uh, good, wonderful leader, Eric, because there's a misconception that happens is that if you really know God, you will have no problems. And I know Eric said that in the feet of the passion, but that's false. I've said it myself and that's wrong because Jesus says in this world you will have tribulation no matter how cool actually some Jesus had troubles and he was in the center of God's will and sometimes we prepare people for a fantasy life that doesn't exist and we babysit Christians instead of raising an army and teaching them to depend not on a pastor's revelation or pastor's flame but their own flame their own relationship with God it's important to have prophets but we need to learn the voice of God it's important to have pastors but we need to have a devotional life. It's important to go through a prayer line but every person has to have a prayer life. And so that's what we wanted to encourage each one of us. Jesus says in this world you will have tribulations but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus doesn't tell us that in this world there will never be troubles and if you really make God the center of your life that you know you will never have a special needs child, that you will never have a trouble in your work, that you will never have an issue in your health. What the Lord says is be of good cheer because I have overcome the world, I'm with you and together we will overcome that as well. Can somebody say amen? I genuinely believe God wants to bring us back and the reason I made the correction with Eric is because it's a correction I need to make it for myself. I made those statements before and you know honestly after you kind of grow out of your parents house, <laughs> start paying for your own bills, face some of your own challenges and you realize you know some of these fancy thoughts that we say sometimes they're actually not scriptural. Amen. My desire today is today is the Holy Spirit Sunday. We're believing for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're believing for the activation of the gifts of God. We're believing to draw us back to an intimacy and to a closeness with the Holy Spirit. And the story that I want to take today is from Peter's denial of Jesus. Matthew chapter 26, it says the following in verses 33 and verses 34. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. I want to talk about today warming at the wrong fire. Warming yourself up at the wrong fire. The fire of the devil, the fire of the world, the fire that the devil presents to us. Before we get to the warming ourselves at the wrong fire, I want to look at Peter's journey of leaving Jesus. And the reason why I want to talk about Peter is because Peter was like many of us here in this room. Peter experienced Jesus. Peter has seen Jesus. Peter has seen miracles. In fact, Peter was even experienced how to pray for the sick with his own hands. Peter experienced how to cast out demons. So Peter wasn't new to faith and Peter wasn't new to the miracles. Peter experienced all of these awesome great things and then right at 
at the time that Jesus is supposed to die he tells his disciples a promise this is not a suggestion this is not a invitation it's actually a promise he says that all of you will be made stumble because of me today and Peter has the audacity to rebuke our Lord Jesus Christ this wasn't the first time that it's happened Peter says Jesus everybody will I know because they're weak sauce me on the other hand I'm the real deal I'm never gonna deny you and Jesus says because you said that you'll do it three times when the rooster crows. When I read the Gospel of John, I see that John had a different view of himself than Peter. If you read the Gospel of John, you will see that John refers to himself in the third person. He said, a disciple Jesus loved. John had a different perspective of Jesus than Peter. Peter always boasted of how much he loved Jesus. John boasted of how much Jesus loved John. It's not that John didn't love Jesus, it's that John did the comparison between his love for Jesus and Jesus' love for John and felt embarrassed about bragging about his love for Jesus when the abundance of Jesus' love for him was so much greater. Peter on the other hand lived conscious of how much he loved Jesus. He tried to prove things to people. He tried to make it loud and, and was very emotional, very a hype man and he quickly found out that his love for Jesus is not as big as he thinks he is. The first way or the first step that we take that's unconscious where, which leads us to backsliding and leads us to getting further from intimacy with God is this and I'm going to name it by Peter is that Peter focused on his love for Jesus more than Jesus' love for him. When you begin to focus on how much you love God, your love for God will diminish. When you focus on how much you love God instead of how much God loves you, few things will happen if you're taking notes and we have these notes in the YouVersion Bible app as well. Number one, what will happen is that you will live for approval instead of living out of acceptance that God already has given to you. You will always do things unconsciously to prove something, to prove to Jesus you're better than others, to prove to Jesus you really can pray more than others, to prove something to Jesus. And the problem with proving is anybody who does things for God to prove cannot be consistent. There is no power in you to sustain your love for Jesus. There is only in Jesus the power to sustain you. You don't have a power in yourself. You're a branch. I am a branch. He's divine. I'm not the source. I'm just a channel. But the reason why we focus more on how much we love God is because we're trying to prove something. We have to pause and realize we already been accepted. We already been approved. We already have been beloved. The price has already been paid and God doesn't need you to do anything to earn his love. You just need to receive it. Somebody give God some praise right now. People who seek focus more on their love for Jesus than his love for them. Not only they seek to prove something but they also end up making empty promises instead of living out of the fullness of his presence. When you focus on God's love for you, you make less promises, but you make progress. The more I, the more I see people making promises, are like Peter, I'll never, I'll never, I will. I've seen this through ministry so many times and I have been guilty of this more than once myself. I will do this, I will do that. And then you quickly find out that the emotion which caused you to make the promise has died down and then you feel disappointed because now you're not man of your word you don't keep your promises when you focus on how much God loves you you make less promises because you live more in his presence 
the more promises you make it shows you're not living out of his love for you you're living out of your love for him and at first the religion will applaud you and say awesome that is great but you know you can't live those promises out you're disappointed in yourself because you break your own promises you break your own things that you have promised and alleged to God and to others and the best way to fix that is to stop making promises and start living in his presence when you focus more on your love for God than his love for you not only you make promises instead of living in his presence but you will live on emotions instead of have devotion you will live on hype instead of having habits that sustain you throughout your life you're a person whose flame is only big when somebody pours gasoline on it but the logs that produce the fire consistently are not there the habits the disciplines are not there people who are not fueled by their love for God are emotional roller coasters one day yes Lord another day they're nowhere to be found they're the people who shout Hosanna one day and shout crucify another day God doesn't want us to be emotional roller coasters he wants us to be devoted to him through the rain through the snow through the thick and through the thin and in order for that to happen you have to be a person who mentally switches all your prayer all your fasting all of your sacrifice is not to prove anything it's because you've been approved it's because you've been accepted it's not to show God that you love him it's simply you responding to the love you're receiving from him first John chapter 4 verse 19 it says we love him because he first loved us we don't love him so that he can love us we love him because he first loved us if you don't know the first he loved you you can't love him as a response you love him to earn something I'm just a ball like a moon I only can project the light I reflect I only can reflect the light I receive and so is with us when my love for Jesus dies down I have one option is to become emotional is to become a hype man is to become like Peter beat myself in the chest I will do better I will fast 21 days I will give all my money but all of that will get me to the same place that it got Peter to disappointment and discouragement because it doesn't have a fuel from within but when I stop and say Jesus it's not about my love for you it's about your love for me something happens my love grows but the last thing that I found personally when you focus more on your love for Jesus instead of his love for you is your passion lacks compassion remember when Peter made a promise that I'll never never forsake you Jesus and he was passionate for Jesus and then in the garden some guy was trying to arrest Jesus Peter pulls out a knife and he gives him some Holy Ghost knife skills the guy cuts his ear off how many people do the same thing in their passion for Jesus they hurt others if your passion for Jesus causes you not to love your family it's not anchored in Jesus it's anchored in you trying to prove something if your holiness doesn't lead you to happiness if your holiness doesn't lead you to bless other people and be kind to other people your holiness is religion because true love that comes from the Father that goes through you it always leads from passion to compassion any passion that avoids compassion has not been anchored in Jesus it's being anchored in us 
I have to like you have to watch yourself sometimes you're fasting and you're there pressing into the Lord and coming and your child is asking for, for something and you feel like it's a little demon that came against you shut up I'm praying don't you see I'm fasting on my second day already or your spouse wants to spend time and you say I rebuke you Satan you're not mindful of spiritual things but only of the things of men and then you have to pause yourself and you say what is this devil speaking out of me right now what is going on with me you know what's going on with you you're Peter now you're trying to prove something if your passion lacks compassion it's not anchored in Jesus Peter he focused more on how much he loved Jesus instead of how much Jesus loved him. First John chapter 4 verse 19 says we love him because he first loves us. The second thing that I see the step that went with Peter, if you take your notes write this down, is that Peter slept when he was supposed to be praying. The scripture says in Luke chapter 22 verse 31 and 32 it says and the Lord said Simon Simon indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat but I've prayed for you that your faith shall not fail and when you have returned to me strengthen your brethren. Peter makes promises he cannot keep because he's focusing on his love for Jesus. Peter his passion lacks compassion. Peter is a lot of emotion a lot of hype and then we see that the real test comes in is Monday morning prayer. The real test kicks in is the next day when the emotion faded and your time with the Lord that you have scheduled or God has scheduled with you whether it's morning, noon or, or night whenever that you have that. For Peter it was at night. It was after already a meal, a, 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 a Passover meal. Jesus takes them together and Jesus tells them to, to watch with him to be with him and they all start to fall asleep but before that Jesus corrects something about Simon he says Simon Simon it's interesting because Simon is the name that his mom and dad gave him it means unstable unreliable but when Jesus meets, meets Simon he gives him a new name Peter meaning a rock a little rock stable solid so Jesus gives him a new identity but in this scripture for the first time in three and a half years Jesus refers to Peter by his old name the one he himself changed why? Because anytime you opt to prayerlessness, you resurrect your past. Your past issues will be awakened if your prayer life goes to sleep. People say, I've been delivered 150%. But you must understand everything you've been delivered from is dormant. If your prayer life goes to sleep, your past wakes up. But if your prayer wakes up, your past goes to sleep. A praying man will stop sinning and a sinning man will stop praying. We must understand Jesus tells Peter and the disciples watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. You may say but I've been with Jesus for three and a half years. My issues are done. I am done with that 150%. But we have to understand is that the enemy wastes no time. He's always there. This is not to warn us, scare us but this is to motivate us to seek the face of Jesus. If you don't pray you will stray. Sleeping saints will become slipping saints. Tripping saints. Okay, my rapping vocabulary is done. Are you with me? In Luke chapter 14, in Mark chapter 14, it says, sit here while I pray. Somebody say this with me. Say, sit here, sit here. While, I pray. while I pray. 
I want you to see the prayer life that Jesus asked them to engage in. Sit here while I pray. And this is the following. Then he took Peter, James and John with him and began to be troubled and deeply distressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. It touched me that Jesus did not ask his disciples to intercede, do a spiritual warfare or even pray. His definition of prayer in this situation was this, sit here while I pray. Sit here and watch me pray. In Hebrews 7 25 it says that that he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him for he always lives to make intercession for them. The word save in Hebrews 7 25 it means sanctification meaning as a Christian when you're being transformed into the image of Jesus so he's able to save to the outermost meaning he's able to perfect me he's able to change me all the way till I become like him outermost because I keep coming to God so he's not praying for anybody he's come praying for those whom he started the process of changing because they come to God through him and Jesus in here introduces a new prayer life. He says a prayer life is not just when you pray, it's when you come, you sit and you realize I'm praying for you. So you're not praying alone, you're always having a prayer partner. His name is Jesus. Prayer, you don't go to prayer to find God. You go to prayer to pray with God not just to God you're praying with Jesus in your prayer some of you you come to prayer searching for Jesus Jesus is not lost he's already waiting for you in your prayer room go to your secret place and pray to your father who is in secret he's already there he is waiting for you he says come and sit here while I pray while I intercede for you now that doesn't mean you don't need to pray you need to pray you need to intercede but you must embrace this revelation that Jesus Christ always lives to make intercession for you according to Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. You must embrace the revelation that in your prayer room Jesus is already there and like disciples he's inviting us to say sit here and watch as I pray. You know interesting part I think this is the first time where Jesus became vulnerable. Did you see that what we read it says that he became distressed and he started to say to his disciples I have sorrow in my heart. Some of us don't stay long enough in prayer to release burdens but there are many of us in here we don't stay long enough to receive his burden. Prayer is not just when you come for a check mark. Prayer has two important parts that will make you become addicted to prayer. This is the first one. It's when you find time to release things to Jesus. Cast your burdens on the Lord because He cares for you. If you come to prayer and leave the same, you didn't do right prayer. You got to release things to God. I'm not saying everything will get fixed. It comes off of your shoulder. When you become honest and vulnerable with God, when you, when you release things to Him and say, Jesus, I leave it at your feet. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28 it says that come to me all of you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. That's the release part. 
but the part that I'm guilty of is I love to release things to God and I feel so much lighter but in Matthew 11 verse 29 and 30 it says take my burden upon yourself and you will find rest for your soul for I am and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says the real fulfillment in life is not to have no burden. It's to have His burden on you. Prayer is not just to release my pain. It's to receive His purpose. Have you ever stayed long enough in prayer to hear God cry? Have you ever went to prayer to hear Jesus become so vulnerable? The Jesus you knew that walks on water, commends the waves confuses the Pharisees, raises the dead people, cleanses the lepers, demons tremble at the sound of His name. That Jesus becomes so vulnerable that He becomes distressed. Have you ever lingered long enough to receive His heart, to get His vision for the world, to get His vision for your family, that you, you change the paradigm, the shift, the filter through which you look people because Jesus opened yourself up to the secret place of His heart and He tells the Pharisees, He says, I am deeply distressed, I'm scared. Jesus, you're God. See, there is a place in God where God is vulnerable with you and God shares His heart and that's what prayer makes prayer addictive. That's what makes prayer unique and incredible. It's not just a check mark. It's not just a discipline and a rigid, rigid thing that you do. It's to release and receive. It's to know that He's there and to stay long enough that you can release your burden but linger long enough that you can get a glimpse of His of His love for people. Sometimes when I preach and I prepare for a message, I go to prayer and not always to get a sermon, not always to get a God give me a word of knowledge for somebody who needs to be healed. A lot of times I go in and I stay there and I just stay there and I say, God, let me feel your heart toward the people. Let me preach out of your heart. I want to experience that. I want to a little bit have my heart rub with yours. I want, I want you God to be vulnerable with me the way you were with disciples. Prayer is for relationship. God is not going to make you pray. That's rape. God invites you. That's a choice. He says, come, stay with me. Watch with me. If you don't do that, it's not that God is threatening. Say, well, you know what? I'll resurrect all of your old demons. It's not that. You know, you know, you will say, but Vlad, you're saying that my motivation has to be to pray so, I'm, so I don't resurrect my past. That's not your motivation. But if you're not motivated by the love of God, at least be motivated by the wrath of your enemy. Let something get you off your couch. But if I turn off the lights in this room right now, how many of you know that I don't have to invite the darkness? The darkness is already here. It's only suppressed by the presence of light. Your old demons are there. It's only suppressed by the presence of Jesus. And the moment you say no to Jesus, they all come back. It's not that God is punishing. It's just the way this world works. We live in a dark, broken, scary world. And our only advantage is the light of the Holy Spirit, intimacy with God, and a life that is devoted and close to Jesus. Any prayer warriors we got in this house this morning? Anybody who will say, I'm going to live a life of prayer. I'm going to seek the face of God. I'm not going to be a Simon. I'm going to be a Peter. Why? Because I will release my burden and I will receive his yoke. Anybody in this house like that this morning? Give God some praise right now. Come on somebody. Hallelujah. The scripture says that Peter, you know, we see that Peter focused on his love for Jesus. Peter slept when he was supposed to be praying. But the part that I want you to see is Peter followed Jesus at a distance to preserve his life. 
So after he boasts about how passionate he is, he sleeps when he's supposed to be praying. But I want you to see this in Matthew 26 verse 58. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. See Peter followed Jesus close when it made him famous and rich. Peter followed Jesus very close when it made him popular. Peter followed Jesus very close when Jesus walked on water, healed the sick and honestly Peter's status went up. But now when there is a threat that Pete, Jesus, there is a chance Pete, Jesus might die. Jesus, uh, Peter exercises human wisdom. He says, hey, I, I'm not sure I want to be very closely connected with this guy right now. I mean, who knows? He's going to end up on the cross for stuff he said that I didn't even agree with. And I, want, I don't want to be all around there, but I don't want to deny him. He's my friend. We've been together. So what Peter does is what many Christians do regularly. I will follow Jesus, but at a distance so I can keep my convenience and my comfort because to follow Jesus close requires sacrifice but to follow Jesus at a distance you can still keep your life to follow Jesus close you have to lay it down have you ever had friends that visit you in town and you decided to take them to a badger mountain or some kind of an awesome place in Tri-Cities there's not many of them but um, <laughs> maybe to a view you wanted to show them the view it's, it's a beautiful place in Tri-Cities it's a view and you couldn't find the, the, the map for it or you couldn't find the location for it so what you told your friends out of town is to get in their car and to do what follow you and you told them just, just stay close to me and when you got out of the house they, they followed you everything was good on the streets that you live in 25 miles per hour there's no traffic until you get to the highway and then there's other cars trying to get in between and don't you hate when the person that is following you decides to speed like not speed but drive like 20 miles lower than the speed limit and you're losing them and you're stopping them and you're pulling over and that's exactly what's happening here is that Jesus is driving he is pursuing the will of God for his life it's costing him his life it's costing him his comfort it's costing him his health and Peter is following Jesus on the streets with 25 miles per hour Peter was pretty close but then they got to the highway of life where you're required to lay something down and Peter says well I'm gonna take take it easy I'm going to keep at my pace many of us in this room we follow Jesus at a distance when we don't give we don't fast and we don't do anything that disturbs our comfortable made-up Christian American life Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 it says the following Jesus said to his disciples if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself pick up his cross and follow me oh this is not gonna get a lot of amens right now but I'm just gonna tell you the way it is you will deny Jesus if you don't deny you somebody will have to be denied you will deny Jesus if you don't deny you I will deny Jesus if I don't deny Vlad Jesus is not saying to kill Vlad he just says deny Vlad meaning if I want to follow you on the highway to your destination I gotta speed up to your pace 
not cause you to slow down to mine. I gotta do my best make sure no other Hyundai gets between me and you. I gotta do my best make sure I keep up with you instead of expecting you to keep up with me and Jesus is saying I came to give my life as a ransom. I'm not slowing down to accommodate your complacency. You need to speed things up. You gotta step up. This life is only one. You either gonna give it to me or you're gonna waste it in sin or wreck it by selfishness. Speed things up. Speed things up. You gotta deny yourself. Somebody say deny yourself. It's, it's interesting. Jesus did not say that he will deny you. He says you must do that. God is not gonna make you deny you. If you don't want to do that, Jesus says you know what? That's your choice but I gotta follow the will of God. According to the Open Doors USA in 2019, each day 11 Christians are killed for their faith in the top 50 countries ranked in the world. In last year alone, according to the Open Doors USA, there's more than 215 million Christians persecuted worldwide. And 1 in 12 live in countries where Christianity is illegal, forbidden and punished. We live in a nation today where we're debating a lot of other completely things that honestly do not harm our life. But I want to tell you something, Christianity, the, the root of Christianity has never been for the comfortable and complacent people. You can believe in Jesus and keep your life but you cannot follow Jesus and keep your life. And most of us, our life is the problem we have with. Maybe it's time to lay it down. The generation, young generation today takes their life. The leading cause of death among the millennials is suicide. I have a better option than taking your life. Lay it down. You can either waste your life, wreck your life or you can lay your life down. You only have one life. It will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. I want to challenge you today. Let's overcome the gap between us and God. When you stop sacrificing, you start following God at a distance. When God prompts you to give something, when God prompts you to fast, when God prompts you to get on your knees, when God prompts you to forgive, when God prompts you to move out of that abusive relationship, when God prompts you to give that up, that thing that's straining your life, listen, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. There you will find new life. You will find new joy. There you will find new blessing. You will find something on the other side. Give God some praise right now. It's easier to sacrifice sin than to sacrifice self. For many of us it's not easy to sacrifice drugs and other things because they're harming us. But the part that's hard to sacrifice is self. Peter, he focuses on himself, his love for Jesus instead of Jesus' love for him. And then it leads to sleeping, slumbering in prayer. And then it leads to the fact that when you start sleeping in prayer, when you, your devotional life is sleeping, I can pretty much right now do a prophetic diagnosis on your soul and mine as well. You, start, you stop sacrificing. Your life bears no sacrifice. You can be a Christian and be poor, but you can't be a Christian and be stingy. You can be a Christian and honestly have trouble in your life but your life has to, has to carry a mark of cross-bearing and self-denial. Your self-denial will look different than mine but I, I challenge you as believers and this challenge is to myself. I want to follow Jesus close. 
he followed his father close I only got one life and I want to live this life following him close I know it might offend some people I had people who say you know the way you guys do offering is is, is manipulative and uh, and you know one time I had a person who accused uh, me of this do check their giving record when I found out it's zero then I ignored that, that advice because if somebody who gives nothing tells me how I should give if I can't take your advice I don't take your criticism accuse me call me whatever you do but I can tell you one thing my desire is to live with eternity in mind is when I die to look back at my life and not to regret but to live for a reward that's eternal I'm pretty sure people looked at Jesus and say you're insane you're 33 years of age you're ruining your health Romans are gonna take your body right now you're taking the tweet these 12 men and you you have manipulated them and lied to them and now they're wasted their life and their business and all for what for nothing they all gonna die being crucified upside down or burned or everything but see Jesus didn't buy into self-preservation because he knows this life is short on earth he lived for salvation not preservation Christians I understand this might be hard for some of you maybe you're not there put it on the back shelf but for those of you who started to follow Jesus please follow him close or don't follow him at all you will get lost on the highway of life if you don't follow him close and your Christianity will be so confusing boring dull that honestly you will look like the other people having more fun and they do because at least they're following whatever they do to the full speed if you follow Jesus follow him all the way God will give you the grace you will find when you give your life you will find a new life but when you keep your life it will slip through your fingers most of us will have a hard time preserving our life because it will be wrecked it will be wasted but if we give it God will give us something fresh something new in Jesus name Peter after that something something else happens in Peter's life we're bringing this message to a close is that Peter begins to warm himself at the wrong fire so he's overconfident in his love for Jesus he sleeps in prayer Peter follows Jesus at a distance meaning he's afraid of sacrifice he lives to preserve himself instead of give his life and then Peter finds himself and I want you to see this verse in John chapter 18 verse 18 it says now these servants and officers who made a fire of coal stood there for it was cold and they warmed themselves and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Mark 14 54 says, But Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. Every time you stop sacrificing, your Christianity becomes boring. And that's when the devil makes things you were delivered from attractive world's fire has three characteristics one is attractive world's fire is only attractive for those whose affection for Jesus has been lost if you have an affection for the Lord I'm not saying the world is not going to be enticing but it's not going to be attractive to you your flesh will not be attracted by those things the scripture says in first John chapter 2 verse 25 it says do not love the world or the things in this world if you love the world the love of the father is not in you meaning if the world is attracted to my flesh that means that my spirit has no longer been enjoying the presence of my father and for me that's how I examine my heart when I'm drawn by the things I'm not saying I'm doing those things we're not saying that Peter already forsaken Jesus he's just finding warmth in the places he used to be repelled by 
in the places he doesn't belong this is not his crowd this is not his gang that's not his clique this is not his squad this is not his world and he pretends like he belongs there puts his hand out there and is warming himself the same way these people warming himself why because anytime you go to sleeping prayer life following Jesus at a distance you will have to have a fire you don't have a Holy Ghost fire but you have to have a fire Yes, it's not a church, but there's some other place your hands are stuck into, your eyes are glued to, your heart is drawn into. Why? Because now the world is attractive and church is boring. The Bible is boring. It's the same book. So is booze. It's same. So is the TV shows. They're the same. And the world presents, becomes attractive. Why? Because the fire of God is not there and anytime there is no fire you were created to live with fire the devil presents his flame and you stick your hands out there you begin to warm yourself the second thing about world's fire not only it's attractive it's addictive because Peter at the world's fire denies Jesus and he lies about the fact he knew Jesus a servant girl not a high priest not a soldier a servant, a slave girl who has no influence in the court asks him a question says weren't you with Jesus and he says I have no idea who you're talking about and the Bible says and the second time and the third time why because the world's fire is addictive you begin to do that thing to do that thing to do that thing and you say I, I need to stop I need to stop I know this is wrong I need to stop but something about a magnetic field of the world fire that makes you do it again and again and again and again and the third factor of the world's fire is it destroys your relationship with Jesus it's annihilating it ruins your relationship with Jesus annihilates your intimacy with God the scripture says Jesus walked by, he looked at Peter and Peter broke down. World's fire is attractive, world's fire is addictive and world's fire is annihilating. Destroys your intimacy with God. And some people in this room today, that's where you're at right now. You're drawn by the things you used to be delivered by and your hands are already in that fire. You're following Jesus, you comfort yourself but I'm still Christian. My status at Hungry Gen is a member. I got water baptized. I go to maybe a life group. Perhaps I read the scripture. Or maybe you're visiting us today for the first time. And you recognize I'm just describing. I'm pretty much describing your history right now. The best part about Peter's life is it, it didn't end there. But before it started to change, there's one more thing that happened. Is that after this, Peter went back to his old life. You would think that Peter would change after this and realize that everything is wrong but Peter after this decides to go back to his old life. Why does that happen? It's because Peter had regret not revival. Regret cannot fix you. Regret is a magnet that pulls you back into your past life stronger than the devil himself. Regret is not a cure otherwise the cross is in vain. Peter felt regret and he even wept only to go back to his old life. Judas felt regret and Judas took a step further after he denied Jesus. Judas felt well if I turn this regret into retribution meaning if I give back to if I try to make things right things will get better only to be hanged. 
by the rope not realizing not very far from him Jesus was being hanged for his sin already if you are far away from God if your intimacy with God is not what it's supposed to be if your prayer life is sleeping and you find yourself attracted addicted and destroyed by the fire of the world I want to tell you something the solution is not guilt condemnation regret or remorse the solution is the blood of Jesus. The solution is the fire of the Holy Ghost. The solution is God encountering you today, touching you, touching your life and burning you from the head up to the soles of your feet. I've tried cleaning a dirty window with a dirty rack. It only gets messy. God doesn't ask you to make things right. He says, come get right with me and we will make things right in your life. The devil will lie to you and say next week and try better. But next weekend things will only get worse. A devil will lie to you say clean up your life before you come to him. But you will only find yourself going deeper and deeper and deeper. Stop making things better. They will never get better on your own. Run to God. There is a Jesus on the shore of your beach has a fire built right now and has a breakfast prepared for you and he's calling out your name and he says Peter how's your fishing how's your life Peter and Peter gets vulnerable and says Jesus didn't catch anything I don't want to rub into your face but I knew that will happen cast your net to the other side and when that happened scripture says Peter realized remorse couldn't fix me the other fire only burned my life and Peter does something that every person should do today maybe not in to that extent is Peter jumps without even putting his clothes on and swims to Jesus and now Peter finds himself at a different fire at this fire it wasn't built by the enemies of Jesus it was built by Jesus himself the baptizer with fire the consuming fire he built this fire Peter comes to this fire see the other fire Jesus was being tried and persecuted but at this fire Jesus is triumphant at the other fire Peter got warm but at this fire Peter got restored at the other fire he denied Jesus three times at this fire he reaffirmed his love for Jesus three times Jesus is building a fire right now in this place and he's not wanting to judge you for where you've been and how far you've fallen and what you smoked and who you slept with and where you've done he knows that and some of that has happened because of all the spiral that you have went Jesus didn't go back poking about his past he knows one thing this Peter right now it needs an encounter with the flame of God what I love about this is that not long day after Peter has an encounter with another fire that comes from his hands inside of his spirit it wrecks Peter so good that Peter for the rest of his life lived a different man. Peter never backslid again. Peter didn't go back to his old life. Peter went to prison for Jesus, stood in front of high priests and soldiers and wasn't afraid, was not educated but bold about his relationship with Jesus. They said we forbid you to preach and he says who do you think you are that I will disobey God and obey you something different about Peter. The history says Peter went to Rome and when Nero on his 10th anniversary decided to blame the Christians for the fire in Rome, started to kill them just for fun and they brought Peter to kill him and Peter stopped the soldiers. The history says and he says you can't crucify me like Jesus. I don't deserve that kind of death. Flip me upside down. Why? Because something happens 
when you encounter the fire of God there are apostles sitting in this room right now there are pastors that are sitting in this room right now but you're like Peter and the devil is lying to you and say you're a backslider I say listen you're just working on your testimony and Jesus is calling you back to the fire he's calling you back to the Holy Spirit the devil says but listen what you've done you lost your virginity you lost your purity your driving record is a mess everybody knows for who you to be like that people will never trust you again but Jesus says I have a fire oh and how I want this fire to be kindled Peter come Peter come because I'm about to restore you because I'm about to put you back together because I'm about to deliver you because I'm about to set you on fire what you need today is an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Remorse, retribution, guilt and shame is not going to fix you. Only Holy Spirit will. And today I'm going to invite you, not only the Peters but the Johns. We all need the fire of God. We all need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not just talking about putting our hands into it and just speaking in tongues. That's good. But for it to come inside of you, that you begin to prophesy, that you begin to see visions and dreams, that you begin to live differently and that the world loses its attraction to you because an affection of the Father has gripped your soul. Let's rise to our feet. If you recognize today, Vlad, this is me. I need the fire of God in my life. I ask you that you quickly come out of your seat and just come here. Whether you're walking away from the Lord or you're just saying, I just need more of Jesus. I want Holy Spirit's fire. Just begin to come. Let's begin to come. I want every single person in this church today. Let's begin to come, young and old. This is, this is for us. If your prayer life is supposed to go to a next level, just come. If you're recognizing your sacrifice, if you recognize today maybe that you're not where you're supposed to be with the Lord just begin to come grab your neighbor and come just come just come every single Christian every single believer today this is for you my friends this is for you just come close and just begin to seek the Holy Spirit right now begin to seek the Holy Spirit here right now begin to say Holy Spirit I need more of you just come closer so there's room for people there's room for people oh Jesus I thank you for your love I thank you for your compassion in this room today I thank you for your grace that is going to come right now I thank you that you will touch people today Holy Spirit I thank you that you're going to visit us this morning Holy Spirit I thank you that you're going to visit us this morning we welcome your presence right now we welcome your presence right now whatever you've fallen short right now begin to repent before the Lord remorse will not fix you but repentance will if you tell Jesus that Jesus I, my prayer life has been sleeping but right now I'm waking it up Jesus my sacrifice life has been stagnant but today I'm not gonna focus on sacrifice I will focus on following you close I will focus on keeping up with you Jesus in my life Jesus I put my hands into the flame of the Holy Spirit into the flame of the gifts of God I will be a fire caring person I will be a flame caring person I'm not gonna warm myself at the things of this world at the immorality at drugs or alcohol I'm not gonna warm myself at abusive relationships I'm not gonna warm myself at nightclubs I will warm myself at your fire let it change me let it transform me let it renew me restore me Lord I will not go to my old life I will go to my new future come on every hand raise and now begin to press into the Lord begin to press down my life I'm giving up control I'm never looking back Lord I surrender all I'm living for your glory on the earth oh, yes I am 
this passion in my heart and this passion in my heart is stirring my soul to see the nations bow for all the world to know I'm living for your glory is not meant to live on your own batteries there is a power of the Holy Spirit available to you right now just ask him just ask him right now his fire will descend some of you your backsliding is gonna be consumed right now your inconsistency your emotionalism that hype is gonna be turned into something fresh something real a liquid love of the Father is gonna flow I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's just like a cloud. It's covering this place right now. Holy Spirit
want to say Lord Jesus I repent in any way I have let complacent life I repent of a sleeping prayer life from following you at a distance and warming myself at the wrong fire as I raise my hands I come to you and I ask you baptize me right now with your holy fire in Jesus name I receive your holy fire in my heart in my mind and in my soul I want your fire come on raise your voice right now begin to ask for this flame begin to pray in the Holy Spirit right now allow his presence to consume you right now allow his presence to consume you right now fire let the fire come right now let 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 the Holy Ghost fire come right now every addiction be consumed by the fire of God every addiction be consumed by the fire of God come on every hand raise we get to pray in the Holy Ghost we're gonna pray with you right now I feel the anointing of God is falling in this place the anointing of God is falling in this place right now the anointing of God is falling is falling fire fire of God right now all over your body in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus
seconds stretch your hands and now begin to pray in the Holy Ghost begin to pray in the Holy Spirit if you don't if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit through speaking of tongues the Bible says when you're a Christian the Holy Spirit lives inside of you right now as we're gonna pray just yield your vocal cords to the Holy Spirit and say Holy Spirit fill me and after that let Holy Spirit pray through you let the rivers of living water give me a little bit more microphone let the rivers of living water flow out of you let the rivers of living water flow out of you you will not understand that language but your spirit will understand that language so for the next 60 seconds church lift your voice right now begin to pray in the Holy Spirit your eyes closed no one looking around no one looking around if you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit receive right now receive right now just open up your lips and God will fill it open up your lips and God will fill it Lord let your fire fall Lord let your fire fall let your gifts be activated let our sensitivity to your voice be activated right now place your hand on your stomach right now begin to pray that God's gifts will be activated in you right now in Jesus name begin to pray that your sensitivity to God's voice will be activated right now begin to pray the visions and dreams dreams and visions that dreams at night and visions during the day words of knowledge gifts of prophecy will be activated right now come on let's pray church we pray right now for the activation of your gifts lord jesus christ activate them lord activate them right now Activate those gifts right now, Lord. Gifts to meet the need of others. Activate them in the name of Jesus. Activate us in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I want us right now to get in the groups two or three and begin to pray for each other. Begin to pray right now, guys, guys, girls, go get in the groups of two or three. Begin to pray for each other. Ask God to begin to fill them as God's fire to begin to right now burn within them. That God will begin to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to burn within them. Activate those gifts. Begin to get in the groups right now to begin to pray for each other. Ask God's fire to begin to burn in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask you that you're going to activate, Lord. Activate the burning desire after you, Lord. Activate that love and the passion, Lord. Activate, Lord, the gifts of speaking in tongues to prophesy, to lay hands on the sick, to cast out demons in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, fire in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, fire in the name of Jesus. Father, begin to burn from the top of the head to the soul of the feet, Lord, begin to consume every darkness, consume every complacency, every regret, every remorse in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost, fire, 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 fire in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Lord, activate your gifts right now, Father. Activate our spiritual senses. Activate our, our hearing senses, God, that we will hear your voice more clearly. We will see more clearly, Lord. We speak right now in the name of Jesus. The prophecy will flow. We speak the words of knowledge will flow. That in our workplace, in our school, God, that we will begin to, God, move and be used by you in a more effective way to heal the sick, to cast out demons, God, and to bring your kingdom down on this earth. Holy Spirit, mark us right now. Holy Spirit, mark our prayer life. Holy Spirit, give us consistency. Holy Spirit, change us from the inside out. We yield to you right now. We surrender to you right now. We yield to you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. You can stop now praying in your group just for one second. If you can look at me, we just want to give an opportunity to those people today. I want to remind you that as we're starting, for those of you who received that igniting, the best way to keep it is, you know, prioritize your prayer time tomorrow. Come, let's fast together with us. Let's follow Jesus, not at a distance, but close. Come to prayer, you know, have your own prayer, whatever you do it, but be in the Word so that you can maintain that little spark the Holy Spirit is giving you right now. Every eye, every eye closed and every head bowed for just a moment. If you're in this room today and you have, don't have a relationship with Jesus, perhaps you're like Peter, you, you've backslidden from the Lord completely. You went back to your old life and you're not there where you're supposed to be with Jesus. The intimacy has been annihilated. It's been broken. And today you recognize that this service was for you. You need to get right with Jesus. Perhaps you're coming as visitors for the first time and this whole thing is, is completely strange. But your spirit for some reason says, I need God. I need God. I don't understand this, but I need Jesus. You were created by God. You will never find fulfillment without Him. But more than just fulfillment, the scripture says that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You will have to pay for your sins one day if you're going to reject that gift. And today I implore with you, do not reject that gift. Jesus loves you. He wants to forgive you of your sin and He wants to give you eternal life. If you're either of these two categories and you're not where you're supposed to be with Jesus or you don't have the relationship with Jesus, I will count to three and I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand and I want to pray with you. One, two, three. If you need to get right with God, thank you. Thank you. I see two hands over there. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Saying, you know what, today I need to get right with the Lord. Glad I need to get right with Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask you to do a bold step right now to, to, uh, to precious people here and a, and a uh, lady right here. If you can make your way right here, right now. We're just going to let's make let's make room let's make room just come just come just come 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 you know pray for come come jesus loves you good morning god bless you jesus is touching you god bless you god bless you come come good morning good morning amen we're gonna pray together if there's anybody else watching us on live stream right now and maybe you're watching from a different part of the world you're not where you're supposed to be with Jesus. Jesus is calling you. Maybe your boat is empty right now and it's sinking. Your life is falling apart or perhaps it's doing good. But you know that you're not where you're supposed to be with Jesus. You knew Him as a child. Today, come back to Him. But we're going to pray the prayer with these precious people. You pray with us and you comment below that you pray that prayer so we can reach out to you. Church, let's pray the prayer together with these awesome people right now. I want you guys to pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm far from you. But today... I come back to you. I repent of my sin. Please forgive me of everything that I've done and wash me from all my shame and my guilt and my sin. Make me new as only you can do. In Jesus name I receive your forgiveness. I receive your righteousness. 
and I receive the Holy Spirit who will help me and guide me from this day forward in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat by using at HungryGen. Stay blessed and we'll see you next week.